That's how you build rivalries, and that's how you build atmosphere. Edwards, three-pointer, it's good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. They are clicking on kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year. Perry for the lead. Oh! He did it again. How is this a personnel issue? Ish? I think I really think it's just a, a player fit. Like I I think, and it again, is. this is this is partially his fault, right? These are his transfers yes. that he brought in, right? But I'm still saying I think this is just a whiff. I think this is just a whiff on you his part. You can't, you can't, it, you cannot whiff with this much talent. And I love Texas Tech. This is home. And I get to stay home. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Zone Star State Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, how are you on this Friday 17th? afternoon i'm pretty good i'm pretty good i just finished watching uh the utsa rice women's game uh because i I texted you that utsa put it on them uh we'll talk about that game later but i wanted to see exactly how that game went down and uh it was a beat it was a beat down it wasn't wasn't really close um (laughs) which is kind of stunning but we'll get to that later that's what i was literally doing as before we started recording we love it. Yes, we will be talking about uh, UTSA women, uh, based on Baylor, Baylor women's basketball as well. Some Texas mm-hmm. Tech basketball, uh, women's basketball might what not might not be going well. Uh, but first, uh, we'll get through the men's side here because there's three games. Uh, none are in the Big Twelve. We're not talking about the Big Twelve this podcast. So, you know, for you Big Twelve lovers, we've talked about y'all enough. Um, I want to start with AM Corpus Christi beating Nichols. Because we talked about this on the last podcast, how they were two teams fighting to stay atop the uh, the conference in mm-hmm. the Southland, and I really want to see if if Corpus Christi could continue this six game win streak, extend it to seven on the road at Nichols, a good team. And I watched a decent amount of this, and man, Corpus Christi, a I I just. I love the the flow of their offense at all times. Mm-hmm. I mean, they end up shooting 10 of 22. Travian Tennyson just has the ultimate green light, 5 of 7 from 3. Um, I, I love their offense. They end up winning the game 78 to 74, and every time Nichols made a run, a Corpus Christi had an answer. We've talked about uh, Coach Lutz. We've talked about this team a lot this year, but it feels like they're hitting their stride and we might be seeing them in the NCAA tournament at this rate. Yeah. Right now they got, uh, I believe they're tied for first in the Southland. Um, Northwestern state also is, uh, 11 and third, 11 and three, I should say. Mm-hmm. And Corpus is on the, t- I think, what is it? Ken Palm has it. The 10th longest win streak in the country right now. It's seven, um, with four games to go. And like you said, they've just been on a, they've just been on a heater, man. They've hit, kind of a, a much better level on offense. They haven't been a great offense all year, but in conference, they're they're now third in offensive yeah. efficiency. They're second in three-point percentage. They get to the line. They, of course, their defense is still what they hinge on. You know, they're still the yeah. best defensive team in the conference. And yeah, man, this is, if they go back-to-back in conference, win the conference tournament, and then get in, right, We'll see. Obviously, that's a play-in game. I think I think that's a play-in slot they're playing for. So we'll see about, you know, if they even have a shot at upsetting somebody. Usually they get 
shafted pretty hard. Because last but, year they played last year was didn't they play Texas Southern in the first in the play? That's right. They actually got a favorite. Ago. Yeah, someone yeah, that was a pretty good match. So yeah, that was last year we had Texas Southern and Corpus Christi in the sixth. Bracketology right now has them as an AQ, no play-in. So I mean they are 187 this year. Last year they were 245 in Kemp. Yeah, so they, they I would they hope better. they would get the play in. I would hope they yeah. would get they would get out, they would avoid the play in. Um but regardless, you know, yeah. they they they're long story short, he's plan he's uh has them on track to go back to back to the tournament. Um I have a piece out on UTA's uh head coaching search, you know, names yeah. they should look at. Steve Lutz is, is is the first name mentioned because of what he's done. Um, I had some UTSA fans saying, oh, interesting, Steve Lutz. And I was like, keep him in mind as well. Um, I think there should be, if if he does not stay in Corpus Christi, there should be a bidding war between two programs that are probably going to be looking for head coaches or one that definitely is and then one that might. Uh, but regardless, yeah, no, this is an awesome run. Like I mentioned, seven-game win streak, haven't lost since January 21st, um, and they're hitting at the right time. They, they got McNeese. Commerce, Northwestern State, which is the other team they're tied with, which may decide the regular season conference yep. uh, title. And then, of course, they uh, go to Commerce at the end to, to wrap things up. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it, but them being significantly better than they were last year. And last year, we were obviously pretty high on them. Sure. I mean, honestly, I, whether they – whether just like you said, just make the tournament. And obviously, it will come down to the to the conference tournament, which we all mm-hmm. know – can be a crapshoot at times but to me and this is i feel this way about north texas i feel this way about every pretty much every team that we cover the regular season conference is the most important thing to me if you win oh, the regular it should, season yeah, it should, that should be the aq right that should be that, the automatic yeah it should be but you know how money goes um <laughs> but yeah that is the most important thing that tells me how good your season was if you mm-hmm. go 16 and 2 in conference and you don't make and you don't win the tournament I can live with that. All, obviously, mm-hmm. the ultimate goal for a team like a, when you get to the level of like North Texas and like a, you know that that the the Conference USA level mm-hmm. stuff where you're like on the fringe and you're like really good, but if you don't win the tournament, then you're not getting in. Like you're right, right. there. Then that's a little different. But for these teams like Anum Corpus Christi, you know the the Southland Conference in general and uh, some of the other lower conferences like this is the mark of a good season like this what they have done this year to get in the top 200 of ken palm and i'm sure their net's decently high as well but i mean they're 18 and 9 11 and 3 if they end the year ken palm has them at 21 and 10 14 and 4 i mean that's an incredible incredible season regardless of what happens in the postseason um obviously for like texas southern last year it was great to to make the tournament and then win the play-in game like i do think there is something to winning a play-in game i think that's a cool thing but at the end of the day the conference regular season is the most important thing to me and they are shooting 40 percent from three 40.3 percent from three ish and there's and a, they're second a... they're still second in offensive rebound percentage so they're 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 yeah. making shots and when they don't make them they're grabbing they get back a third of their misses they're they're making a good case to have two potential player of the years in trey Tennyson and isaac mashila but then they're also probably going to get three first comp, first team all conference players with terry and murrix in there as well because you got Tennyson and mashila averaging 15 and four, uh, 14 points a game mashila almost averaging a double double murdoch's just behind them at 13 points per game and Tennyson's shooting 41 percent with th- uh, from three at almost seven threes a game attempts that's insane. He's, I don't know. Like I said, last year, the offense wasn't pretty and that's not, that hasn't necessarily been their strength this year. The offense has taken that step forward in conference. 
let me see. Let me adjust this for conference. Tennyson, 18 points a game. Murdoch's 15 points a game. And Mashila, 14, just under 15 points a game. And he is averaging a double-double in conference play. So, I mean... Oh, and then Tennyson's up to 50% from three in conference with seven and a half per game. So, I mean, he's shooting amazing. Um, Ross Williams is also up to 37% at six threes a game. That's all he shoots is threes, but Mm -hmm. he's making him at almost a 40% clip. So this team is, at like you mentioned, they're peaking at the right time. And if they go into the tournament like this, it's going to be hard to imagine who who beats them because Northwest, like I said, Northwestern State's tied right now. They beat Northwestern State already this year. And the only other losses outside of a weird loss to Houston Christian by double digits have been by two with one of those games coming in overtime. We haven't talked about it much, but like this iteration of the Southland Conference, obviously when you strip away SFA, Sam, mm-hmm. Abilene Christian, like whatever, this is the second year of it. And I think there was obvious concern as to like it's not going to be a a great conference sure but there was concern of like who of these teams is going to be able to establish itself as an athletic department that can you know take the reins to a degree and can step forward last year you look at it it was the 31st ranked conference in the country on Ken Palm you know there there wasn't much to it there are no teams in top 200 this year um, while I'm not going to say it's it's gone up significantly, I think the bottom is obviously the bottom. We talked about mm-hmm. AUIW, Houston Christian, Lamar, New Orleans, but AM Corpus Christi and Northwestern. You look at I their think adding adding commerce as well. Yeah, adding commerce. Like you look at those those teams, and I mean Southeastern has, has been good at football, good at basketball for a while, like Nichols, mm-hmm. whatever. But uh, looking at basketball specifically, like Northwestern State's resume right now, they have won nine straight games. They beat TCU. They beat SFA. They beat Southern Miss. Like, this is the team that um, Corpus Christi is going to have to beat one more time to win the conference. And that game on February 23rd, uh, yeah, February 23rd, no, 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 February 25th mm-hmm. will be um, a huge, huge game, probably a must watch, in my opinion, because that's a, if they can beat Northwestern State, this is a massive, massive season for uh, Corpus Christi. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like, look, even I'm looking at back at 2019, right? 2019, this hasn't exact. I, we talked about those teams leaving, and people were wondering what happens to the competitiveness of this conference. Looking at, I'm all, I'm back in 2017, and this this league never got rated higher than 27th, right, in the country. They were at 31st last year, which was one of their lowest. They're back at 30th right now, and they're within a point rating Ken Palm wise of the Ohio Valley, which is basically where they've been. Right. Like that 27 to 30 range is where they've been. And I think, like you mentioned, when you lose those powers, mid-major powers like SFA and Sam, you know, you you would expect them to be maybe towards 31, 32. And they're not or 33, even near what the independents are. They're not there. Like, that's not where they are. Right. They're they've more or less held maintain their similar status, which I think, like, as you mentioned, you it involves teams like Corpus Christi getting better, Northwestern State, all that stuff. But like I mentioned, adding Commerce, who has, who's, you know, you would assume you add a D2 school, they go to the bottom, right? And it hurts your rating. But they've mm-hmm. been at the middle, right? The women are actually on the on the better side of that. So I think, yeah, they've they've more or less salvaged, I think, what people, some people may have assumed was a, a kind of a death sentence to when the whack came along. Yep. All right. Let's move on uh, to another game I had some eyes on here. It was SFA and Tarleton. Um, mm-hmm. I was worried 
for a while. I thought Tarleton was I, I know I don't have the play by play in front of me, but uh Tarleton was up um and I just wasn't sure if SFA was gonna be able to overcome this because it felt like Tarleton's offense surprisingly was actually making shots. They went seven of twenty from three. Uh, they ended the game under 40% from the field. But it felt like, to me, I was like, I expect when I watched Charlton just for nothing to go in, mm-hmm. and then some <laughs> shots were going in. I was like, what is this? Like, if some shots go in, how good is this team? Yeah. Uh, eventually, they regressed to the mean a bit. And obviously, we've talked about it. You know, um, SFA gets the line 24 times. Um, they were 6 of 14 from 3, 22 of 44 uh from the field with 15 turnovers. Like it's a very normal game against um, Tarleton. But the more I watch this SFA team, the more I just love their backcourt. I mean, Nigel Hawkins, Latrell Dressel, Rody Ware. I mean, those guys, Day uh, Day um, Hall, you could throw him in the mix as well. 14 rebounds, mm-hmm. not, not really a guard, but still I, <laughs> I, I love this team. And I'm, I, this is a team that I'm excited to see in the tournament, like sure. in the conference tournament more than anything. Like I understand, like I said, I think if they win the regular season tournament uh, conference, that's great. But like, I want to see them in the tournament tournament, like the conference tournament. Yeah. No, I, th- I think I mean, honestly, both of these teams, like I, like Tarleton seems like a team that could like really trip people up. Right. Like it seems like a team for like one game could just like throw you off. And I, like you mentioned, I think SFA is really, is finally starting to figure things out um even though they've kind of been up and down in conference i really still think this is yeah. a good team um you know they, they've had like let me see i think it's I mean, been look how many they haven't had a, they've had this year they I haven't had a I mean, they haven't had a win streak more than two since january 12th right it's been losing two yeah. winning two losing two winning two and so like they haven't really gotten into a rhythm <laughs> since then but um i was trying to think do they have they lost so it looks yeah. like when they when they have back to back aways and back to back homes, they they lo- like ba- they lose both their away games and they will come back home and they win both. They go back on the road, they lose both, and then it's it's a weird rhythm. But when you're home, regardless, games, you know, I think SFA. Yeah, I think SFA is good too. But um, I'm kind of more interested in seeing Tarleton in a tournament just because, like you mentioned, like I feel like this team kind of like you know. It's regressing to the mean happens. It, it matters less in a tournament, right? Because yeah. you don't have to, you, you don't, you're probably not going to play your average, right? You're probably going to play a little bit worse, a little bit better, whatever. It's about getting hot. And so I think like a team like Tarleton could maybe scare a couple teams in the, in the whack um, in the tournament. I wouldn't be shocked to see if they make a surprise run of some kind. I don't know what that means exactly. Like, is that a semifinal? Is that a final? I don't know. But um, my, their concerns when, when it comes to just like, you know, kind of bad offense or weird offense or kind of chaotic offense, it doesn't concern me as much because like in a, like I mentioned in a tournament setting, it doesn't matter as opposed to just like having your, having your day or having your night. Oh yeah. I mean, and if you play Tarleton and you're not making free throws that day, you're in uh, quite a bit of trouble. So there, there's yeah. some variance right there to already account yeah. for. Um, SFA has UT Arlington and Abilene Christian next. Uh, Abilene Christian's on the road, so that maybe, like you said, that could maybe trip them up. But I would expect them to probably win those games. Then Cal Baptist at home should probably mm-hmm. be a win. So if they can win these three games, I know that's asking a lot from this team uh, who has been yeah. up and down. But if they can win those three games, you're looking at 12 and four going into the last two, which are Sam Houston State and Utah Valley. So just just something to watch for. Something to yep. watch for. 
I, I still like this team a lot. I like them a lot. Yeah. And all right, let's get to let's get to the game where you you were you were very excited about this one. <laughs> excited is a strong word ish, but it might not be strong enough. I'm passing you the shovel again. I'm I'm I'm, gonna, I'm just passing. Hand you're watching the video. I'm passing Hand the shovel back. There it is. Um, I just want to say I'm sorry for um digging them up in the first place. I will never stick to your guns. You got to stick to your guns. Yeah, I will never fluctuate on my takes on this podcast ever again um, because I was fooled. I was fooled by one result, and it was the North Texas win. Mm -hmm. Um, They beat UTSA. Well, hold on. You you say who you mentioned. Say you're talking about. I'm talking about Rice, Rice basketball, (laughs) the Rice Owls, Rice men's basketball, Scott Paris team. Um, Yeah, basically. They were six and three in conference. Mm-hmm. You know, they had a four game win streak. They beat UTEP. Scott Perry's running around the court. They beat UTSA in overtime. They're going crazy. They beat North Texas on the road. That was their legitimate win. That was the win that said, We are here to stay. And I bought what they were selling ish. And I want to apologize for doing that because I should never buy what Scott Perry is selling. It is not sustainable. It is not good. And they have now lost. Five of their last six, including and punctuated by a loss to UTSA yesterday on Thursday at home, 84 to 79. Um, UTSA hadn't won a game in like, I don't know, two months. Mm -hmm. And here we are. Rice is now buried again, safely put away for the rest of the season. I don't care if they make a, I don't care if they win two games in the tournament. I don't care. This team will not be good to me, is not good to me. And Scott Perry is not a good coach. There it is. I mean, they, one, two, three, four, five, six. They lost five of their last six. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is it's been bad. It's been really bad. They come back, like you mentioned. They beat UNT by twelve. They beat Charlotte, and we were both like, "Oh, okay." And then they play UAB, and we're like, "Oh, okay." This is a chance to like really kind of prove it. And then they just get squashed. And then they get, you know, they lose by ten to UNT, which isn't awful. But when you beat them by twelve, you kind of expect a better game than that. And yeah, it's been. Not good, not not great. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. This, U- this UTSA team is bad. So like this, <laughs> there's the no UTSA team is awful. It's all yeah. There's They're no awful. excuse. They're two and fourteen in conference. Um, Jacob Germany didn't even start in this game. Uh, they started two two underclassmen. Lamine Saboli got six points. Masif Masal Juf got eight, eight or sorry six minutes. Uh, Juf got eight minutes. So it's again they're. We don't even know the players on this team anymore. We're I was about to say UTSA. this. They're I was about to say UTSA's up. team is just like I don't I don't know these guys anymore. Rice is the reason this win bumped UTSA up in Ken Palm from three twenty one to three oh nine. Oh my god! And I just I I will never forgive Rice for doing that because I'm watching this game. <laughs> I'm watching this game and UTSA was up yeah. the entire game. Yeah. They were up early. Um, and UTSA was in control. They were up double digits. They were up like eight pretty much the entire second half until Rice came back, cut it to two, smoked a layup with a minute left to tie the game. UTSA gets fouled. Yeah. And the entire game, UTSA looked at Rice and said, we can beat these guys. Like there was no fear. And I say that because this Rice team, we've covered it before, has Quincy Olivari, Travis Evie, Max Fiedler, Cameron Sheffield, Makai Mason. These are guys that we know. 
obviously McKay Mason's a freshman, sure, but he's been a very, very good freshman. Like mm-hmm. this is no, they're not injured. There's no excuses here. You're playing at home. You're playing the worst team in the conference, and you can't stop them. That is the craziest thing. That's what we talked about with Rice year after year is you can't stop anybody. I thought maybe the offense would be different this year. I thought maybe they had come around on their two-point percentage. Remember me highlighting that? I was like, they're getting Mm -hmm. to the basket. They're doing different things. They're eighth in the conference in offensive efficiency, 10th in defensive efficiency. I was just going to say, like, we've always mentioned this about Rice, where it's like, if you're going to be this bad on defense, then you just have to cut the brakes and be just like explosive and dynamic and just like on your game on offense. Right. If you're going to be last in defense, you got to be top three in offense or something. Right. If we, cause it was clear that they weren't going to fix the defense. And so you just had to mention like, like they did appear for a moment where it was like, Oh, like you mentioned, they're getting to the basket more. They're not settling for threes. They're not just kind of jacking it They're at, or when they are, they're just hot and they're hitting. Like you mentioned, they're eighth in the conference in offensive efficiency, fifth in effective field goal percentage, last in defensive field goal percentage. Teams are shooting over 50% against this team, right? Effective field goal. They're shooting 54% from two against this team, right? They're last when it comes to two-point percentage. It's bad. They're all they're they're average teams are getting quick shots against this team, average possession length. They're first in the short in in terms of what that means is like short uh, possessions. They're getting good looks early against Rice. It, it, yeah, it, this this is like I feel like we didn't pay attention. We haven't paid attention to this losing streak just because it was like, eh, you know, we're kind of like we kind of thought they'd be okay, and it was just like, ah, eh, it's kind of just a. And then this they hit this they hit this new low, and it was like, oh, maybe we should have maybe that was a hint. It was like, hey, actually, this team isn't very good. <laughs> And, and we probably should have been paying attention to what exactly was going on. Um, but yeah, no, this is, this is bad. It's going to, I feel like it's going to be another year where, you know, they go, they get bounced in the first round of the conference USA tournament. Cause every year I'm like, Oh, maybe is it going to be, is it going to be the year where they finally just get on a hot streak? And, and it's like, no, no, probably not. So nope. um, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> this is like, I don't understand how you justify keeping Scott Para around at this point. Conference records four and four. I think it's the recruit at this point. It's the recruiting class. I don't give they a damn about solid, No, I'm just saying at this point it's just like they had Trey Murphy. He had Trey Murphy on his team. He had um, what's the name of the USC? Drew Peterson on his team. Couldn't they? They couldn't. They couldn't win games. Like they, they can't win games under him. They've gone four and fourteen, seven and eleven, eight and ten, um, six and ten. Last year they went seven and eleven, and this year they are now. Seven and eight in conference. Those are the conference records. They've never even been five hundred in conference. Is Travis Evie, okay, he's a Travis Evie's a junior. Is he on this roster next year? Is that off of COVID years? Because I feel like they've it's, been on this team. For his roster long. still says junior on on 23 is still says junior. So is Travis Evie on this team next year? So this is what this is what I was gonna say. So yeah. Like Quincy Olivar has been three years. Yeah. So I again I, I just can't there's no there's no situation where I would keep him. But the the only thing you can say again is that like, hey, let's just run this all back again. Which in theory, it's like, okay, cool. You have Evie Olivari Sheffield. I don't is Fiedler still still available? I think, they, lo- I think they lose Fiedler. It says he's a junior. Oh my god. Okay, so you may run it back for one more. These then. are including yeah, these are COVID years not included. So 
you know, he should be a senior, but he's a junior. Okay. So you probably have one more year. Mark. You have one more year with this core then, what you're saying. Let's say, yeah, let's say they return all this core. They add uh, whoever the signee that they had that's highly rated as well. So they yeah. return this. Like, is that that's what we're basing this on? We're saying, all right, next year you have to be good. Well, okay, let's say they're good next year and all these players leave. Right. Then where are we? Yeah. Then then are we right back to where we've been the past six years with this man? Yeah. Just because he had one good year, are you gonna extend him? Like, is that what we're gonna do here? Like again, let's see. Best so case he scenario, has... they have a good year. They come in, let's say they come in fourth and no, they're going to the American next year ish. Yeah, this team's going to get slaughtered. Like, so I'm looking at it, I'm looking at it right now. He signed he signed an extension after 21, and it was 23 24. So next year is his last year, and as we know, nobody coaches their last year on a one year deal. So like yeah. either they extend him after this year, or they just got to move on. Like that, there I don't unless it's like a one year extension, right? Then they evaluate after yeah. next year, or whatever. But which I think may be possible, but I, yeah, it's 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 gut check time right now. Basically, is what I'm saying because his contract's up after next season. Nobody goes in their final year without any assurance. So it's either they cut ties or they sign a one year extension and figure it out after next year. Because I don't know. Yeah, it's it's this has been bad. We thought and, they again. We thought when they turned a corner and it was like okay, fair enough. It paid off. You you held on to them. It's working out now. You brought this core back. It's turning around. It went right back down <laughs> immediately. And now you have, I, let's say they beat Western at home. Let's just sure. give them that, sure. You got UAB, Charlotte, FAU, and FIU as your last four games. Um, best case scenario, I think of these five games, the most likely scenario I'll say is they go two and three, which puts yep. them at nine and 11 in conference, which probably puts them, I don't know where that, I mean, the, the whole conference is just jumbled up right now in Conference USA right now with seven and eight teams and six and so, I mean, let's just say that puts them like seventh out of 11. Mm-hmm. Okay, you'll play somebody in the first round. Um, and then that you'll, you know, you might beat, but you might not beat. And then after that, you'd play like a North Texas or UAB and your season's over. I just, right. there's nothing there. Um, and then, like I said, if you want to go into next year and be like, well, this is the team, this is the year. Okay, cool. If you're not making the NCAA damn tournament with that team, then there's nothing you can do to sell me that that you are worth keeping based off of one year because everyone's going to be gone. Evie, Olivari, um, Fiedler, all of them gone. And that's – I can't do that. So there you go. Oh, also, mm-hmm. extend Scott Hinson while we're at it. There you go. Steve Here's Hinson. You Steve Hinson. See? Don't yeah. even remember the name. Extend him. <laughs> You're thinking of Scott Perez. Scott Steve. Perez, Steve Hinson. Too many S's. Too many S's. <laughs> Steve, Steve, extend Steve Hinson. <laughs> I'm trying to think. So I'm trying to think of this new formatting for the tournament again. So we got, let's see, conference tournament. I don't know when it starts. I think first weekend of May, second weekend of March, or March, sorry. First, second weekend of March. Um, one, two, three, four, five. So right now they're at the, f- they could drop to the seven, but they're probably going to fall into like five or six. Uh, so if they go five, they get a buy, right? Six, seven, they Six immediately plays drop. Eleven, seven plays right. ten, eight plays nine. Yeah. So they they need to hold on to that five because they could absolutely lose the first round game. Imagine, <laughs> imagine they come in six and have to play UTSA again, and they lose again. That'd be. I would. 
I do miss. I really miss yeah. going to the star every year and watching the conference tournament. I, yeah. I do. I mean, miss yeah, that. you get to see. All, I mean, it's it's seeing conference tournaments are really great, and especially for yeah, when it's right there at the star. Like you just sit at the media row and just watch. We're watching Javon Jackson. We're watching all these guys. Oh, mm-hmm. good times, good times. Yeah, it looks like so. Yeah, oh, if they get the five now. They potentially, right now, they would get middle. Uh, middle yeah, Tennessee. you play four or five, and you're, they're right, not beating right. any of the top four teams. They're just right. not. So, so heck, yeah. maybe maybe they want to play UTSA in the first round and try to get a win. Hold on, maybe because yeah, there's they're definitely not. Yeah, nope, it's not looking good. <laughs> all right, let's move on to the women's side. Let's do it. We gotta keep it negative for a second. We were a positive on the Valentine's Day pod, but let's just keep it rolling here. <laughs> Baylor's lost three in a row. <laughs> yeah, looking, looking um, sketchy. Very sketchy. When they were coming off of that win over Iowa State that I watched, and we talked about, it, we were like, "Hey, man, this team is is awesome. They figured it mm-hmm. out. They they pieced it together. Lose to Oklahoma in overtime at home. Uh, lose by almost twenty to Oklahoma State, and then lose by twenty one to Kansas State." which is the most perplexing one. Kansas State has not been good this year. Kansas State is a far cry of what they were last year. They're 4-9 in conference now, so 3-9 going into this game. Yep. And um, I, I was campaigning for Sarah Andrews Player of the Year at, some, at one point. Like, I was all over this. Um, like, you just can't have games. And this is where, again, when you're so depleted to a degree, right. you get these type of variant performances varying performances where asbury and andrews just can't carry you like they mm-hmm. combine to go 12 of 33 from the field and then you have the, the players that we've talked about a lot that we really like caitlin bickle Jaden owens i mean little page bugs actually had a pretty good game 16 points he was the best player 16 yeah. points but like that's the variance you're gonna have in these games just in conference randomly yeah i think i think it to me, it just shows that this team's still not a national title contender. You know, like that's the difference between. Well, are they even a top twenty-five contender? But, but yeah, at this rate, probably. Um, just because, like, when you when you look at like the best teams in the country, you either you're either South Carolina and LSU, where they just have one player who's like that much better than everybody else on the floor, which yeah. they had last year in Alyssa Smith, or you have a bunch of really good players who. If one of them falls off, okay, you have somebody else right there, right? Um, I think Texas is like on the verge of that, right? Of, yeah. of kind of punching into that top, but Rory Harmon's not there yet. And so it's like, okay, so you have somebody like a Shayla Gonzalez there or something something like that. Um, and Baylor's kind of stuck below that tier right now. And yeah, they're trying to figure out to where... I think next year, sure, maybe, right? If if they if if Blackwell comes in healthy, if they yeah. maybe I'm assuming they're going to add some more, right? Okay, then you have maybe that depth to be able. If Sarah Andrews is, shoots, what did she shoot like thirty six percent or something against mm-hmm. uh, Oklahoma or sorry Kansas State? Um, then okay, somebody else is going to have to be there, and somebody else could possibly be there. Maybe Dariana Little Page Bugs takes another step forward, right? And she's able to be more consistently that scoring presence um that she's shown to be um she basically owns the freshman of the week award right now for for the big 12 um maybe she takes a step forward and she becomes that player but right now at least yeah it looks like this team looks like as a whole like a a year away from like being something that could contend with texas because i don't think they're beating texas um in the conference tournament right now the Big 12 is such a crapshoot right now. I don't know who I'm going to take. Yeah, it, re- it really is. Like in the Back men's to... side, you can kind of see things like materializing a little bit. 
Um, on the women's side, yeah, I'm like, I don't know. I probably would pick Texas, but like I, Iowa State probably too. I don't know, you know. Iowa State. I mean, I could see Oklahoma getting hot for a stretch. Yeah. Um, I mean, who knows what Baylor ends up being. Kansas is a decent team. Now, <clears throat> I say this. They have TCU up next. Easy win. Again, mm-hmm. the fire that's going on, we're not even paying attention to it. Um, <laughs> Just Texas Tech. Texas yeah. Tech, we'll get to that in a minute. Again, mm-hmm, fire over win. there. We'll, we're, we are kind of looking at that one a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Texas, uh, on the road, probably a loss. And then West Virginia per- should be a win, I think. Yeah. Um, don't know what time about West Virginia off the top of my head. But, again, if they go 3-1 and one here, that ends it at 10-8. Uh, and eight, Or 10-7, and, and 10-8, whatever it is. Um, because it has them at seven and six right now, so I'm trying to figure out where the postponement came. Uh, mm-hmm. but anyways, whatever they are, I'm missing a game here. Oh, because they have Iowa State next. Oh, I missed that. Oh, okay. okay. So you have Iowa State and then that that group that I just said. So, um, we'll see if they go three and two in that. That's ten and eight on in conference, and you go from there. I don't know. It's just been a hard year to evaluate for Baylor. Like sure. I can't, I can't say we haven't we haven't said Nikki Collins' name on this show because. This feels out of her control, dude. Right. Like she, she's done a really, really good job. If anything, I think she's done a done a good job rather than her. I think like, she is having question marks. I was about to say. I mean, we we hold them to the Baylor standard, so like it's it's of course there's going to be some criticism that's necessary, but you know it looked like she fixed a lot of this roster's issues last year, and you know as we've mentioned plenty of times, yeah, it things out of her control are the one of the reasons that it's kind of gone gone away so you know we'll we'll see, next year i think then we start to be a little bit more critical because yeah uh at that point you know it's more your roster it's more you know if, injuries are one thing but at that point you probably should be if you're baylor and you want to flex your muscles like baylor you probably should be able to overcome certain things like that at that point think just you know it becomes a little bit more clear next year um that if her direction is kind of the right one yeah all right, let's get to uh, another UTSA win. UTSA women's basketball Whew. destroys Rice, sixty-six yeah. to fifty-three. Um, they were up twenty-three to six at the end of the first quarter, so a pretty pretty convincing one for them. Rice drops to eight and seven in conference. Uh, UTSA is now seven and seventeen overall and five and ten in conference. Won two of the last three games. I, I mean, from either side of this, what I, I mean, we could talk about UTSA plenty, obviously, but like yeah. Rice, this is not a not a good showing. Yeah, I, I I texted you, um, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I was like, okay, well, what's the uh, what was the what what happened here, right? I saw the final score and I was like, eh, what was it just like close, and then UTSA got away late? No, nah, I was like eighteen to two, eighteen to one, yeah. right off UTSA, and it was like, oh, they just it was just beat down, beat down city, like like. You don't you don't come into the convocation center. You, you walk away with walk away with uh, without getting bloodied. Um, it was UTSA really early, kind of saw there like literally from the first possession, they went down low. Like yep. it was Jordan Jenkins. No one can guard you, yep. and any and they couldn't. Every injury pass was uncontested. Once she was one on one in the paint. No one was able to stop her. Um, you could tell that Kira White had made it a, a point to get the ball in quickly into the post. And what is Jordan Jenkins? Uh, 25, yeah, 25 points and 11 rebounds. 
on 18 shots, 16 from two, two, three, she uh, hit one, three. It was just like, I don't, that was the concern with rice, right? It was like, Oh, their defense really struggles. And I don't know if I've seen, I don't know if that's just Karen Aston being a good coach or having a player like a Jordan Jenkins. I don't think I've seen like them get beat down by one player in one matchup in particular. Right. Um, like they did in this game where it was just like, Oh, everybody sees that moment in basketball. Everybody's experienced that moment where you see somebody score and you're like, that was easy. And then you see it again. And then you're like, all right, whatever the game plan was done <laughs> that that's yeah. the game plan now. And that's basically what it was for the entire game. Uh, first quarter, 23 to six. And then finally they tried to get something going. They outscored him in the second and third quarters. Uh, Rice did, but by that, the deficit was just too much. Jordan Jenkins, man. What an addition. What She's a, a star, what man. A she, the fact that like the fact that they are what are they in conference? Let me see. They they're five are and ten in conference. Five and ten in conference. And the fact that they still have they're probably gonna have a first team all conference player is nuts. Because yeah. she's averaging in conference. Let me see. She's just in conference. I'm trying to figure out the I mean, they got I mean Sydney Love has been every bit as good as we thought she was gonna be as a freshman. That's true. Coming in here. Puts up 13 points. Uh, there's just there's so yeah, much. She's, to like so she's averaging 18 point. Uh, Jordan Jenkins, 18.9 points, eight rebounds a game, one steal, one block on 45 percent from the floor. Yeah, I mean she's been she's been stellar. Like I said, she's going to be a first team All Conference player. Um, and it's nuts. Again, you take a team going five and ten, and you would presume, oh yeah, no way. But she's carried this offense. <laughs> there's so much I want to. Next year, I'm just. I'm very, very excited to see how they how they fare next year because yeah. that's going to be the interesting thing. If they if she can get transferred to, if they can continue, if they can keep this team together, obviously with transfer portal wise, I mean, high expectations moving forward. Um, oh yeah, for UTSA, but second straight podcast where they get a shout out, shout out yep. to UTSA and Rice. I'm very disappointed because <laughs> this defense is awful. <laughs> very disappointed. <laughs> this defense stinks because UTSA is not a good offense. No, right? they have like, they're just issue. It's Jordan Jenkins and, and pals, right? That's 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 the scoring. <laughs> that's the Jordan scoring. Jenkins and pals. Print the shirts. Uh, <laughs> Jenkins Jordan and Jenkins pals. and pals. Um, but like that's UTSA's offense, and they just like couldn't figure it out. And no. so yeah, this this defense is not good at all. You, yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say about Rice. I I was saying to rank them earlier in the year, and now here we are. Losing, yeah. losing to Which is weird because like you still look at their like if you if you were just like a layman looking like oh 17 and 7 that's cool and then you look it's like oh all of them are in conference <laughs> like all their losses have come in conference usa pain pain all right more pain yeah texas one more, tech one more pain <laughs> one more pain texas tech has lost 6 of 7 speaking I, of de- speaking of defense man they've lost by 27 to oklahoma they lost by 11 to kansas lost by 9 to texas um they lost by twenty to Baylor on January twenty eighth. We they again. A, it's, they need a point guard. They need. They need, they a, need a point players. guard. They do they not have a point guard, and it shows. <laughs> like, well, they added Katie Farrell over the offseason. I think that sure. was like the hope is like, hey, we added a Ford that can handle the ball and pass. And she, Katie Farrell is great; she's awesome. Right. But it's like you're asking her to do something that. She was at her best at UTA where she was like a complimentary, like a Draymond Green type to where right. you have exactly. Steph Curry and you can give it to Draymond Green at times. Like you can balance it out. Now it feels like Katie um, 
has to create. She leads the team in assists. Where she had four of the seven assists in this game, uh, in the loss to Oklahoma. Like, yeah, geez, I didn't even. No okay, else. so I didn't. Even, I hadn't even. I hadn't even looked at the numbers yet. I just noticed that they look really stagnant on offense. They are eighth in the Big Twelve in assists per game. They do not have. Uh, just a, a, an initiator. Bryn Gerlich leads him in in the conference uh, in conference play and assists at only three three point two, right? Like they just yeah. do not have. It's her, Scott Katie Farrell, and then a drop. <laughs> yeah. So you have Bramber Scott score like we've talked about. I think that's been the most. That if I'm Tech, that's or if, if I'm uh, uh, Krista Gerlich, that's why I'm disappointed. It's like, damn, we got a healthy season out of Bramber Scott, <laughs> like. We remember last year, if she was healthy last year, we we're probably talking yeah. about a pretty good team. But that's why I was worried about this season. I was like, dang, they're, they're relying on a player who barely played last year to kind of be their best player. And she has been. Um, it's just kind of been unfortunate because, yeah, now it's mm, it's kind of, oh, no, it's I mean, been kind of uh, shaky. Defensively, they haven't been good. And then, like I said, on offense, they're just not. I don't know. There's, they're, it's they're it's one of those teams. It's one of those teams that it feels like, there's too much talent here to be getting like blown out. Um, sure, and sure. Before nine in conference, like Scott, Bryn Gerlich, Katie Farrell. Like this isn't a star set of team. I'm not saying it is, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. Scott Gerlich, Farrell, um, Bailey Moffin, Ella Tol- mm-hmm. Tofiano. I can never say her name. Uh, Jasmine <laughs> Chaffers. Like these are all players we talked. Riley McKinney. Like these are all players yeah. we talked about coming in, and it's just like. I will say, I think. I think, and this is probably just freshman growing pains. Uh, Bailey Maupan's defensive numbers are not good. Uh, she's great on all, like her, so she has a 105 offensive rating, right? Yeah. Which is really good. But she has a, she's allowing a 111 on defense, right? And so that's also last on the team. And so I think that's why her minutes probably went down because she was a pretty big impact freshman. But I think Krista Gerlich's like, we're pretty bad on defense and we can't get worse by playing her this much um so i feel like that's a freshman you know riley mckinney's hasn't been great on defense either so i wonder by playing those players less you've kind of hurt other aspects of the team um because their minutes have gone down in conference and so i just wonder how much that's played into kind of their overall downfall all right let's end it with something positive here yep ut arlington and sam Houston state played a game and went to double overtime and UT Arlington <laughs> won 106 to 102. And that's my favorite thing about double overtime games is just looking at the box score. Yeah. It's my favorite thing in the world because you see it and you're like, oh my God, Star Jacobs had 35 points and 20 yep. rebounds. <sighs> she's, still there. Shooting. she's still there. <laughs> she's still there. She's. She's the heart is the like, heart's still beating. The UTA like, UTA's UTA is getting cold, but she's still there. You still like, you still hear the heart. Yeah, the, the rest of this team. I loved this team last year. I said coming in, I was like, I'm gonna love this team this year. Like they replace all the pieces, it works perfectly. Kyla yeah. Kayla White, Dre Washington. I love this team. It hasn't worked out. Okay, I'll be the right. first to say it. It hasn't worked out. But damn, Star Jacobs is still good. <laughs> <laughs> she's awesome Our Jacobs is hooping. um but again you end the game with like jerry wash uh, jerry washington 22 points nine assists um kayla white 19 points um four boards on nine of 17 shooting it's like there's 84 shots taken in this game from UT Arlington. uh 106 points and then you go sam houston sydney kemp 20 points like they had five six players in double digits fun game so i want to give I will them a say- shout out what I do love about this UTA team is that they don't shoot any threes. 
Like they are. Yeah. Th- let me see. They are three hundred thirty-eighth in three-point shot. They shot six of and their they eighty-four shoot shots. Six in a double overtime game. They shoot six and made one. This team does not. This team is playing nineteen eighties basketball, and I love it. Sharika uh, writes we, like we're not we ain't going to try to do something we're not we're not good at we're not we're not going to be living on a dream here. No, um, we should give Sam Houston a little bit more of a shout out on the women's side than than what we probably do. Uh, they're yep. seven and six in conference even with this loss. So I mean over five hundred uh, in in the WAC. So yeah, um, you know seven and six we we speak your name. Uh, yeah, looks like you got some good depth here. Eleven to twenty seven from three. We'll be sure to tune in a little bit more to the Sam Houston side of things. It's just coming into the year, there were so many question marks. We didn't know anybody on this team. Sure, and, I was about to say, so, and after you had, a, um, what was it? You had you had Raven Justice, head coach Raven Justice, kind of take a leave of absence last year. Um, yeah. I forgot what it was. It was for personal reasons, but you were kind of wondering, okay, what's the state of the team? And so, you know, coming back from that, and you know, like you mentioned, just being above five hundred in conference, pretty good, pretty good. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. That's all we got. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed the podcast. Uh, I want to start looking at um, maybe some postseason stuff. Start eliminating yeah. some teams to talk about. Yep. Um, moving Let's forward, get to that start, time. Start cutting. Leave the what is it? <laughs> like leave them, leave them on the cutting board, cutting room floor. There it is. There you go. Whatever there it is, go. I can't speak. But yeah, we'll start talking about the better teams moving forward. Start looking at Houston a little bit more. Uh, closely Houston men's blew out uh, SMU Houston women lost a two-point game to Memphis uh, so close just always I think they're four oh, losses wait, I under, forgot we, we, we get we get Houston's Houston Memphis we finally Sunday men ah. on the men's side we finally get it this is okay the, well, the one game we were waiting for in the AAC yeah. so that'll be something to watch yeah, so we're done talking about Rice, UTSA, uh, men's. You know, we're talking. Yeah. We're done talking about these teams down there. Yep. Yep. Um, it's about it's about winning. It's about winning, and we'll see what Houston does. Uh, but yeah, there you go. That's all we have for y'all today. We hope y'all enjoyed it. Subscribe, like, share, all that stuff. Uh, leave us five star rating and review wherever you are listening. Um, we'll be back on Tuesday uh, to talk about all of the games uh, over the weekend, and we will see y'all then.